to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men podcast number 198 and that is for all you mathematicians out there 99 202 away from the big 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 show so we are so excited that you're here i hope you had a great easter and you kept the reason for the season in mind and and were spiritually fulfilled this is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, th- we are on that No Church Answers Tour. And so we're so glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We are just about out of the COVID quarantine, but until that time when it's all clear, we're at undisclosed locations around Sugarland. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each of us on our own spiritual journey. But we feel there are a lot of men out there that are leaders and leaders of your families, leaders at work leaders in your church and community <clears throat> but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and that's why we're here you may have found us on soundcloud iHeartRadio, apple podcast pray.com find our uh, recent podcasts they're on youtube channel man up spiritual oasis for men where you can also learn more about our panel and the Man Up Ministry. So <clears throat> we are finishing up uh, the Connect 360, the study of Philippians. It is it's titled Pure Joy, and we use a lot of different texts, but this one's by Baptist Way Press, and I just want to say this has been a really quality uh, study for me. I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed that, and that's what we do here at Man Up. Uh, we take an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or a Sunday school lesson, and we update it, we put a man's spin on it, and then we dissect it, and we think about and try to apply it to our own individual lives. My name is Bill Cox, and at this time, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel. Uh, Professor Koshu, our Group theologian is out with the youth tonight, but here is a world-class policy writer. He's also the show producer. Mr. Steve Titch is here. All right, Steve. Steve. I I think I think Robert's simply saving everything up for one ninety-nine and two hundred. Oh, oh yeah. Oh man. You think he's uh, splurging? Yeah, he's going to splurge. I have I have no doubt. And he's a, uh, a former prosecutor, attorney. We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi guys. Hi, Mike. At this point in time, I want to go ahead and uh, just open up the panel 
and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, we, uh, thanks for that great, great introduction. We're on our last last study, last chapter uh, of the Philippian study, and it's really the last, the end of the letter. And of course, Paul has been wrapping up for the last, uh, we've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. And he wraps up with joy and contentment and telling us that he has learned to be content in every situation, which I think is is very hard for Christians to do. It's it's a he's learned it, and he's he's we, we can look back over the 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 last twelve weeks we've done this lesson to to find those reasons. But bottom line, um, I think contentment is a choice. Uh, contentment is being able to say, I am not going to give people or events the power to control my feelings. And maybe if we extend that into Christian contentment, uh, it simply asserts, you're asserting that God is the supreme power. Little else matters. Nothing else really measures anywhere near up to the power of God. So Really, uh, and we can talk about that a little because I, I ran into some pushback in my own Sunday school class uh, about that. Is is it a choice? Is contentment a choice or a gift of the Holy Spirit? Um, I have reasons to believe it's a choice, or maybe a choice at least, you know, driven when you leave yourself open to the Holy Spirit. It's easier to do. But uh, I will, I will, we'll maybe get to talk about that as we go on. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, and Steve, in fact, uh, Bill, I think, talked about that. We had Bible class uh, Sunday morning. We did. We did. We we think it's a choice also, but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, It seems like yesterday that we studied the first section of Philippians, guys, in which Paul Paul had ended up ministering to Paphroditus, Paphroditus, who became ill when he brought a gift to Paul from the Philippians. He was an ambassador from the church in Philippi. And it just seems like yesterday, and the whole book is on the study of joy, pure joy. And we looked at a number of uh, texts and everything. And today's podcast happens to be, I can do all things and it is well with my soul. And also the subject of contentment, like Steve brought to you. Um, Paul is wrapping up his letter to the Philippians, like Steve said, and Bill has said. In the text last week, Paul surprised us with pleading for two ladies to settle their differences. Uh, and he did this in his letter to the Philippians. They seemed to be in a stalemate, and Paul asked other church members to assist them in restoring their relationship. I, I found this rather humorous because Paul clearly tells the Philippians and us, do not be anxious for anything yet. In other words, do not worry. And yet Paul is clearly concerned over the conflict between the two women in the church and uh, possible consequences that their their conflict could have on the church. Now, the main theme that we discussed last week was worries. I think Steve mentioned that to you, and it was quite a lively discussion. But today's scriptures uh, wrap up the book of Philippians, like the guys have said. Um, the author starts our last lesson with the story of Horatio Spafford, uh, the lawyer who appended the words to the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And of course, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful anthem if you've heard it. And the words are even more beautiful than the uh, put together with the music in which true, Horatio's a true Jobian uh, story there. 
What's that? There's a true Jobian story behind that. Yes, it, gonna get yes, it, it is. Oh, it, it, <laughs> he's folks. If you didn't guess that, he's referring to Job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> if you listen closely, I thought you said jovial story. Oh no, Job. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, right. Thank anyway. you, because who knows how that picked up on the mic. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a beautiful anthem, and and uh, Horatio Spafford pins it after the loss of. Uh, of a son and, and three daughters whom he sent to help in a crusade in, in Great Britain uh, with Ira, Ira Sankey and Dwight L. Moody, who are friends of his. Uh, very, very sad set of circumstances. And he wrote, yeah. after, between that, well, he lost his whole business, his livelihood. Absolutely. The Chicago Fire right. in 1971. Yes. yes, he was one of the partners in a large law firm. So he was quite wealthy and he had invested in um, a lot of land and uh, buildings and, and the great Chicago fire uh, destroyed them all. So he, uh, he decided he would go and uh, get away from it, I guess, for a little while rest. And he sent his daughter and daughters, his wife across to Great Britain and, and they died in a shipwreck. So with that came the words of uh, the, the great hymn but what we're referring to, and I think what the author wants us to believe is that, yes, he wrote, when he wrote that song, he was content. But it was approximately two years after the event itself. So my, my thoughts on that are, is, is can you really be content in whatever situation you're in? And I'm sure we're going to get into that because there's, to me, there's times when, when you have to learn how to be content. It usually comes after you're in a- Because... As we left the ABF, I had more that I was going to talk about, and that is exactly the direction I was going in. Um, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, read the uh, the scripture, and it's Philippians 4, 10 through 23. <clears throat> I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received a full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 
To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. What I wanted to, what I was, uh, when talking about with Mike, <clears throat> when we when we were in class, <clears throat> I think that uh, contentment. Well, let me let me back up a little bit. Just like acceptance is not surrender, when you accept something, you're not necessarily surrendering. Contentment isn't necessarily happiness either. I agree. So yeah. I, th yeah. I think, honestly, I think it's a continuum where you go from acceptance to contentment to happiness. And there are, for lack of a better term, slots. You get in, first you accept, then you become content and you work your way to being happy. And I think it's dynamic. I think it is something that you have to work at. Unlike surrender, you essentially just give up. And I think the, uh, well, I, I'll, just, I'll just start stop right there and I'll, I'll throw that out to see what you guys think of that. Yeah, let me read a couple of definitions if you don't mind, Steve, is that okay? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I'm good, good, yeah, because I, I think it helps. Uh, yes, I'm with you, Bill. Um, Webster's Dictionary says that uh, uh, contentment or content is a state of peaceful happiness. Uh, the similarity, uh, similar words are satisfied, pleased, gratified, fulfilled, happy, cheerful, glad, delighted, tranquil, unworried, untroubled, at ease, at peace, comfortable, serene, placid, and complacent. The verb would be soothe. If you're going to say you're going to pacify, you're going to make someone content, you would soothe them, you would pacify them, you would placate them, you would appease them, uh, you would try to please them, you would mollify them, uh, make happy, satisfy still silence and quiet. And I'm going to go a step further. And, and Steve, I know you're, you're ready to go. I, <laughs> I think the contentment that Paul is mentioning here is not, not necessarily joy and happiness, but he's not unhappy. I'm using a negative, double negative there. He's not sad. He's not sorrowful. And, and I think there's, that's a form of Christian contentment, like, uh, like the lawyer when he wrote the song, when he went over the place where he thought his four daughters had died. But anyway, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I think right, it's interesting the discussion we're having, just hammering the meaning down because yeah. I, I, I think to some extent Bill's right. That is like acceptance. I think there's a the definition, the peace, the serenity. Now mm -hmm. I'd go as far as to say that contentment is is separate from that continuum Bill talked about. Okay. Uh, you can feel that, and and this is kind of tricky. You can be content even though you're grieving even though you're sad, even though you're suffering, that's, that's what seems to be the case 
that's going on on with Paul here. He's he's in he's in prison or he's under house arrest. He can't go anywhere. He can't uh, you know he he wants to really go plant churches. He's probably thinking about you know serious things about whether he's going to be executed, which which we talked uh, some time back that yeah he is really if if we look at the dates this letter comes from about eighty sixty. He was executed, history believes, between 62 and 64. So he's kind of probably has his mind a little like that, you know, there, this could end, this could be where the end is. Yet he says he's content. And um, so to, to, take, to take it back, what, what, what Bill's saying, it, it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's I'm splitting hairs here, maybe. Uh, it's acceptance, but... It's, I, th- I think it exists independently of, you know, the range of emotions you have. I can be happy and certainly content, but I can be content in my circumstances. And Paul, of course, says he's content. Let me pull that quote. It's, he's, he's content because he can do all things through him, him being Jesus Christ, who strengthens him. Excellent. And and with that, we're going to go ahead and take the hard break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, number 198. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up, Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com. Or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 198, which means we are in our fourth year. Hard to believe. And, you know, I neglected to mention, uh, we have a website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. Places.com. You can read our blog posts. You can read about the panel. You can also see our pictures too, if you if you're if you're ever interested, and certainly leave comments as well and find out more about the Man Up Ministry. We are talking about Paul and uh, the letter to the Philippians, and talking about contentment. And he remarked that he. He is content in all circumstances. And Mike read a little bit earlier in the last segment about some of the meanings of contentment. And I think that Paul's in what he is expressing here is kind of a resigned contentment. He realizes that it's not worth fighting and so he's resigned himself to be content and i don't want to get uh too 
I guess is is macabre the right word when you talk about death, Steve? Is yeah, that, yeah, that, that's that fair is? enough. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Go well, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go there anyway, and I don't know if uh, if you guys have uh, ever seen anything die, but being uh, on a pig farm, uh, I've seen a lot of death uh, when I was growing up, and it seems to me there's basically four phases of it. When something is getting ready to die, first it fights it. Then it kind of resigns itself to the fact that it can't fight this. Then it kind of, you can see it kind of accepts where it's going. And then it's content and then it expires. To me, that is the end, the very end of life, of a living being. And I'm talking about, I've seen chickens, pigs, horses. I've seen all sorts of things, dogs I mean, die for various reasons, get hit by a car, get uh, chewed up, get injured, whatever, diseased. And it seems like to me, Paul is going through those phases right now. And he's, he's accepted his circumstances and his situation. And he is moving to being content in that circumstance. I, uh, I think, yeah, very, this is a very interesting discussion because, uh, again, you made a good point. If you go through a horrendous event, I, I broke my leg one, one day, and at the moment I broke it, I wasn't content. No, no matter how much faith <laughs> right, I have right. in the Lord, no matter right. how much faith I have in the Lord, and no matter no matter how much joy and trust for Him, but you made the comment you when you accept the situation and realize this is here to stay, this is the way it is. Then you start adjusting that to you. Then you turn your faith to the Lord, or you or you look whatever the circumstances, your friend. Then you say, okay, what do I do next? Since I can't change this event then what do I do? And when you turn your faith to the Lord to the, uh, and accept it, like you said, uh, you give the opportunity for God to bring his peace into your life and then enjoy. So it, it, it can, it can happen in a moment. It can happen in minutes and can happen in days, but I, I truly believe you can have the peace. But when a horrendous event occurs, I, I, I don't think necessarily you feel at the very moment that the event occur event occurs. No, I, I, and well, I uh, yeah, I so well, I was going to say that men, you know, we want to control everything. We, we want to feel in control and we get very frustrated when we're out of control. Uh, we talked about worry last week. And I said at the time that that uh, my father was uh, had, had turned worrying into an art. And right, right, right. Um, but what and and this is why I was saying at the beginning, contentment is a choice, and it may be certainly inspired by grace from the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't argue with that. But for I men, I, I'm and I'm going to start talk, and and this is this is a 
thing, this idea, I think it's part of taking responsibility for your own feelings. And, and men certainly run into problems along these lines. Uh, in the most extreme, it's in anger management. Um, but, you know, it can be passive aggressive. It can be in relationships. They will tell you, you've got to stop letting events and situations and people control your reaction and emotions. Uh, you can choose to get angry or not, or you right. can choose to con uh, ways to express that anger. You may get anger. Um, no, and, and I think this is, this is where I think contentment can almost be an act of defiance. Um, I am going to remain in control. I may be feeling, so I may be sad, I may be grieving, I may be happy, I may be overjoyed, but I'm not going to let it change the fundam fundamental uh, <laughs> basis of, of who I am and what my attitude is. We talked in, in, in the last past weeks, we've talked about attitude, Bill. So uh, what, what I'm going with this is that it's, it's, it, I think there's a degree of, uh, of defiance in, uh, in, 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 I guess it's Spofford, who is, who is sailing over the place where his daughter, four of his daughters died. And he writes, he writes, uh, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Whatever this world is throwing at me, you're not going to change my fundamental faith and you're not going to change my fundamental attitude. Um, that's, you know, my mood is temporal. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And you said the key word. I think it's attitude. You got to want to do it. You're not going to be content unless you want to do it. And obviously, as Christians, that's a that's a very great priority with us in whatever situation we are we are in uh, um, to have hope and to have and trust God to give us that peace that Bill has shared with us several times that when he was in the hospital and he couldn't move for what a week or two, there are times when your, your faith and your contentment gets drained, right, Bill? Oh, no question about it. And in, I, I think that is typically the solution next on the continuum is purpose. Content is active. And then you go to purpose and happiness and that, you know, for a man, a man, it's active. It's, uh, it's active contentment, um, working towards happiness. And I think purpose is a main component of that for men because it gives them that direction and they're not getting, uh, you know, the, the winds of what's going on today isn't blowing them from side to side. And, and, and I guard, I, I'm a positive guy. I'm a salesman. I have to have a positive attitude. I cannot listen to talk radio and, and, and that kind of stuff before I go out and do my job. It just puts me in the wrong frame of mind. And I think we as men, don't realize that how valuable our positive attitude is. And we're, we're so willing to give it up 
just to hear the the latest gossip or the latest trends or the latest headline that's gonna gonna get you all lathered up um because that that gets ratings for them but it it takes years off your life i you know i i can't worry about about those things and yeah, verse 13 yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't let it in. I can't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, verse 13, I think Steve mentioned that. Uh, and I know you read it, Bill. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or him who strengthens me. That's been taken out of context many times. And that really does have a lot to do with the word contentment. Um, this is That to me is not a verse. Uh, uh, sometimes it's used in prosperity doctrines. Sometimes it's used for people say, I'm going to make it through my sickness. I can climb a mountain, I can do all things through Christ, I can make a million dollars, buy a new car. But I think Paul here is saying that in every situation he faces, he has learned to accept the situation, the peace, which we're talking about, to be content. And I think the purpose of that verse is that we're it's not to get us out of a hardship or not for us to pray to God to take us out of the hardship and quote the verse, but rather to get us through it. Oh yeah, I like. I really like how you, yeah, get us through it rather than avoid it. Absolutely, and and I've always felt that the struggle is the way in your life. Whatever you struggle with, that is the way you need to go because you are going. Whatever you struggle with, it will follow you your whole life if you continue to avoid it. It will be your shadow. It will never let you go. That's why the struggle, you have to turn around and you have to face it. The struggle is the way. You have something to struggle. You have a purpose in your life. Yeah. An another scripture that, that uh, I think is taken out of context, guys, is number, is it 19? And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I, I think that's been taken out of context a whole lot of times. And once again, uh, we tend to look at the word rich, words riches and glory. He's going to supply your needs according. And if, if we're in a prosperity doctrine or we believe essentially in the prosperity, uh, uh, giving to get back, riches, then we're going to emphasize God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. And we're going to emphasize those three three words versus uh, what I think Paul here, here is saying is, my God will supply every need of yours. What? And then small letters according to his riches and glory. What, what and, we, we don't, go ahead, Steve. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, this, what, what people forget when they pull this verse out is that it comes after uh, chapter 3 verses 17 through 21. We talked about that two weeks ago in, in, in our podcast on being in the world but not of the world. And yeah, the, the moment you read that as, as riches as in material riches, you're falling back into temporal thinking. And, and we talked a lot in that about keeping your eyes on the eternal um, and material stuff is yeah. temporal. Uh, the world stuff is, it's only, it's here and here today, literally gone tomorrow. Uh, what we're focusing on is the eternal. And that's, as we talked about then, it's hard. 
But it does lead us into another aspect of this contentment because we've sure. talked a lot about suffering for the past few weeks and you know working through that. Now, one of mm -hmm. the questions the author asks in this is, is it possible that prosperity has done more damage to believers than adversity? So, and, and man, I'm <laughs> glad that you brought that up. We are going to hold that over to the last segment. Mike and I had a great discussion on that. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast number 198. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and we are on this No Church Answers Tour. And this was a big one that Mike yeah. and I were talking about this last week. And is it possible that prosperity has hurt the believer more than it has helped? And we were talking about the court case, because Mike is an attorney, about the guy who claimed he was a victim of affluenza. Right. He was too affluent to have any morals. And right. that was, uh, uh, what, he, he ran away on probation and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. That, it's well, good. Pray um, tell. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we could... Uh, yeah, and guys, y'all have said this, Bill, and you were very clear about it, right? The first bit, adversity causes growth. Absolutely. You, right? I mean, it, it, every day, everything we do, there should be some challenge to us in whatever we're doing. Uh, even now, I, of course, I'm retired. Uh, we've talked about that. And and I don't know where my time is going. I think you asked me that, Bill, Sunday. What, where is your time going? What are you doing with your time? I said, I don't know, because <laughs> I'm reading. I'm listening to ministers. I'm, I'm reading the Bible more uh, and spending time with the Lord. And, and I have not at all. I, I thought I was going to start fishing like everybody's supposed to do when they uh, retire. And, boy, I have not even thought about that. It's just trying to catch up on things I guess I put off when I worked. Um, but anyway, anyway, coming back to this, yeah, there's it challenges every day can be as simple as, as going out and uh, cutting a branch off a tree, or it can be facing up to somebody in your job who's irritating you. Um, there's going to be adversity, and you can grow in every little area of your life, cooking, cleaning, uh, repairing cars, trials, just in solving problems. Again, Steve, you said this, solving problems is a form of adversity for men. 
It develops our skills, our logic. And, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's in every part of our life. So, so now let's come back. What, do, what am I getting at? Why am I presenting all these things? We have a toaster that, that toasts our bread for us. We have a coffee pot that fixes our coffee for us. We have, what, a TV where we can go sit in front of the TV and do nothing and veg out and, and not communicate with our family, not talk to our children, not talk to our, our wives or our husband. Uh, we can go on Facebook. We can go on uh, YouTube. I'm bad about that, I have to tell you. Uh, and, and we can, instead of going in groups of people, getting together and socializing and visiting and talking like we used to do 50 years ago, or going out and when we were young, years ago. right? You can, <laughs> Pre-COVID, pre-COVID, we like did we it. Used to a year ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, when I was young, we played army. We played, uh, we played kickball. We played football. Uh, I think the kids today what run around with um, with their phones playing games, and uh, and then the, the the school has to kick them out in the schoolyard to get them to 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 exercise. So there's there is so much in everything we do that our 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 we have prospered and both uh, knowledge wise and uh, financial wise and it's it's definitely gotten rid of a lot of adversity that we face. Well, and I've always said that prosperity builds walls, whereas adversity builds community. And I can point back to the fact that uh, during the uh, various hurricanes and floods that we've had during this podcast and my own surgeries uh, during the floods. I met neighbors that have lived down the road from me, three and four houses for 10 years. And I, I never inter, you know, never even interacted with them. And when I was in the hospital, uh, with my hip surgeries, I had so many people call me. Of course, they couldn't come uh, because of the uh, COVID restrictions, but people that I know that I didn't realize they actually cared about me, you know? I mean, I, I think they knew my name, you know, or, or they knew me as Mr. Beverly after my <laughs> wife, you know? But, I mean, and that was, and, and that was awesome, but I also have a, a really good friend who's fairly wealthy. And uh, when I go out, I always buy him lunch just, just for the heck of it. I mean, never any place expensive. And he goes, you're the only one who does that. Everybody else expects me to pay. And I, I'm scared to take phone calls from people because they're going to ask me for a loan or they're going to ask me to invest in something. And, you know, I, and I look at his life and I thought, that's a sad state of affairs. I see people arguing or, or, you know, getting into discussions, especially political discussions. A lot of it is based on insecurity and fear. I, I, I you know, if you're, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, I cannot condemn it completely because I'm, I'm as much in it as anyone, but it's, it's, you know, the, the stock market doesn't matter that much. Um, economic policy 
especially in the United States, the United States is not going to become a communist country overnight, no matter what Fox News says, no matter what some people say. Uh, private property will always be respected in this country. Um, the, and, and having been involved in policy, the, the people who get, get themselves so wrapped up in the policy trend du jour, whatever it is, uh, whether it's economic, social, whatever it is, local or federal, uh, calm down, man, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I hope I didn't lose something. And and <laughs> um, and you know, again, funny. it goes part and parcel with you know being having everything media on twenty four seven. It's it, it builds anxiety. Uh, it's designed. We talked about this last week. It's designed to make you anxious. Uh, so taking it back, contentment. You have to work at it, perhaps more than anybody else. You know, in the past has had to. Probably harder than Paul. Paul's Paul's pretty much. It's a binary world there for him. <laughs> you you you're going to live or die. You're going to eat or go go or starve. He's not he's not worried about the building fund. <laughs> He's not right. worrying about allocating funds to here and here. He actually talks about, you know, thanks the Philippians for remembering him, but he's grateful, but he's, again, he wasn't expecting it. He, I, you know, it, it sounds like from what he writes, it was a, it was a very pleasant surprise, which he attributes uh, both to the, both to the, to the generosity of the of the Philippian church and the grace of God working in his life. Uh, he he strikes me as a guy who, at least at this point in his life, didn't worry that much. He's experienced plenty and he's experienced want, but, you know, it, it never gets to him. It never got to him or he certainly doesn't get to him at this point in his life when he's writing this. You know, I think one thing about it is also... Um, I'm not sure, and I'm going to just throw this out here for you fellas. I don't think I've ever seen anybody under 30 content. And I, I'll also tell you, I think the vast majority of men over 70 are content. I think there is an age component to contentment. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say I'm more content now than ever, but you don't want to learn that too late. I mean, the, 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 the sad part of that lesson is saying it took me 62 years to get to this point. Um, where, why didn't I know this? And, you know, you want to go impart it upon the youth. It would be great. To, maybe, maybe someday we'll ask Robert, Robert, what do you tell the youth about contentment? Because they're not going to be content until, you know, at, at least how do you keep them from staying discontented until they're 65 years old? It's a learning process, guys. It's, a, it's, a, it's comes through faith. Uh, contentment is, is comes through your faith in God. And, and I think the longer you study his word, some people do jump quicker than others in faith. Some come to the Lord and they mature very quickly. Other people mature in the Lord. Uh, they take their time and enjoy it like me. So I'm 69. <laughs> but but, but um, the, the, the fact is, is, is you're going to mature according to how much 
you decide to help in the church or work in the church or learn or read God's word. It's a whole bunch of criteria to it. But um, um, your the contentment comes with faith and trust in God and, and the growing in our relationships and growing with other people. Uh, you don't learn to 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 be social with people unless you're around them. So the same thing, you must um, you must participate in these things. Bill, you have a comment on that? Yeah, as a matter of of fact, I do. And I want to go around the room and get some final comments and take away from the panel. But my own personal uh, opinion about contentment is this. Contentment is a situation that you are in but you are actively content. You are looking for something. To me, contentment is not surrender. And that's what I, that was the the thing that, uh, um, that I wanted to get across uh, on this particular lesson is that uh, man, man needs purpose. And you might be content uh, for the moment, but if you're really striving to be uh, to be happy, uh, your your contentment is active, and that's I mean, and and I think that that's to me that's the big uh, takeaway from this lesson, and also that, like Steve said earlier. You're in control of it, and and, and yeah, I, I'm old too, and it's taken me a long time. Although I've been basically a Christian my whole life, never had necessarily a eureka moment. But uh, you know, there's been moments where I've been closer with God or felt that I was. Um, but it's been a lifelong journey for me. But the the thing that has made me content uh, more than anything is to pursue pursue goals and have a purpose. And as that goal, I either achieved it or I didn't, I'm content in my effort and ready to continue on with the next part of my purpose. And then, and, you know, that's always been a big thing uh, for me as I as I go through life, because I just want to be awesome. But awesome changes by my ability as as I get older, I'm less able to do stuff. And uh, but I can still be uh, I can still be content. Uh, and with that, going to go around the room and uh, get a a couple of final takeaways and, uh, and, Oh yeah, we have, uh, next week we have podcast 199 coming up and that's going to be special, uh, because 200, it w- turned out to be in, in the planning. Uh, I got the word from producer Steve Titch that, uh, it was such a big deal that, uh, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to spill over into 199 as well. So going to want to make sure that, uh, 
that you're on for 199 and 200. And and with that, I'm going to go ahead and get some final uh, final words from the panel about uh, contentment and uh, start with Michael Cropper. Yes, the, uh, Bill, I'm, I'm going to cheat. The author puts a... Yeah, and, and, you're, and, retired, and, you're a retired <laughs> prosecutor. You can get away with cheating now. That's right. I, I can do that. And if if one of you wants to read the, the prayer of Jabez, that's fine too. But in, in our book, uh, the author wrote a box out called on, on how to practically find contentment, which we've been talking about. And we've given you our personal experiences uh in in uh, very detail, in very details. Anyway, the author says finding contentment can be very challenging, especially in times of hardship. Consider these steps to grow to be content. And he says in your contentment, I like to say to be more content. Okay, focus on gratitude. Be thankful for the little things and the big things in your life. And the guys have been sharing that, but we, we're, we're putting it in a acceptable adaptable phrase that you can that you can write down the number the second thing so focus on gratitude number two spend time doing something you enjoy now i like that guys that's that's special get out of the rut of focusing on the troubles in your life and have fun number three prioritize time with people that encourage you and have fun with friends pray with others and enjoy life Number four, remember the less for fortunate. Bill shares this quite often. Remember the less fortunate. There are always others that are worse, worse off than you are. Get outside of yourself and serve others in need. Number five, memorize Philippians 4.11b, which we did not harp on that. But it, it is a very, very strong verse. He says, Paul says, for I have learned to be content in whatever ever the circumstances are. And as you learn the verse, the author says you will find more contentment. And number six, the last one, rest in God's enthronement over your life. God has you in his hand and he is doing something miraculous in your life. Trust him. I would say trust the Lord. Forget this of rest in his enthronement. <laughs> trust the Lord to help you in everything. All right, Bill. Excellent. Uh, producer Steve Titch. I, I think the message is um, it, it's all going to work out in a glorious way. Pure joy is the title. And looking through this, um, really, the life here in, in, the, in this world is temporal. It can be difficult. Nobody said it wouldn't be but we're promised something much greater. Uh, and uh, that's, that's what I think it comes down to keeping your eye, uh, you know, feet, feet in the feet in the everyday eyes on the eternal. Uh, and, and, you know, it to, to an unbeliever that sounds incredibly Pollyanna ish, but it's really there in the Bible and it's, it's, you know, runs through this whole letter uh, that what's going on in this world doesn't matter that much. Um, it 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 may seem to, and certainly it that doesn't lessen any suffering there is. But just like the suffering, your your riches and if you're 
rich, if you're wealthy, that doesn't matter much either. Uh, so don't, don't measure yourself uh, by those, those worldly measures that somehow you should be happy when you're wealthy and sad when you're poor. Uh, find contentment in your salvation uh, that, that at the end of, at the end of it all, Jesus wins, uh, and you're on, you're on that side. And again, we're, we're bringing that kingdom to be, uh, which, which is, which is the end, what's really, really important in this life above all. Excellent. And the only thing that I would like to add is as men, I think it was Steve that said, or, or, or Mike, I don't know, um, that we try to control everything. But just don't sweat the small stuff. And ultimately, it really is all small stuff. So be content. And with that, this is podcast number 198. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're on this No Church Answers Tour. So on behalf of producer Steve Titch, Michael Cropper. My name is Bill Cox. Make sure that you check out our new YouTube channel. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Pray.com, if you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or www.man-upspiritualoasis.com and you can post it there. We are still, but we are almost out of the quarantine. And if you are still in that boat and are unable to attend church, check out the Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's at sugarlandbaptist.org and starts Sunday at 945. And when that quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions like we have right here and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.